Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is going on, everybody? We are back. You might notice right out of the gate, I am not Leslie Douglas. However, uh, surprise, we're throwing the curveballs at you. I am here to represent, and we've got an expert from, uh, well, herself, actually, right? You're, you're, you've moved from Gong, and you're now an advisor for the stars, right? You, what are you doing these days? Sarah Brazier is with us, y'all. Yeah. So I do a couple things. Um, I'm advising for a couple different companies, and then I'm I'm building a startup with Troy Munson and Lucas Schwarzenberg, and uh, it's called Demo, and it's basically a demo marketplace. Right now, we're starting off with just demo days. So if you guys want to check out a demo day, you can come by. We've got one on uh, starting tomorrow, I think, February 13th, and then we've got another on February 22nd. So it should be pretty fun. Good stuff. I love seeing all the folks do different things in the space as they grow and develop and change their roles and take on new new things. So it's fun to see all the stuff that everyone is doing. Every time there's a new year that rolls over, there's like this massive wave of growth. Let's get started here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better, plain, simple, and easy. If you are joining us live, keep your eyes on the chat. We always drop great things in the chat. I'm going to go ahead and launch this because this is kind of how we gauge the folks that are in the room sort of tailor the conversation as best we can. Uh, I think I know who's going to be here, but we're going to go ahead and let you guys get started with that. Once again, Sarah Brazier is here, uh, sales geek and co-founder. I just love that title. I think so many folks resonate with the nerding out part of what sales is today. Uh, so she's here to share a lot of wisdom around discovery. Before we kick things off, scan this QR code, check us out, sellbetter.xyz, see what we're doing and why we're doing it. Uh, explore our YouTube channel. You can get great tips and strategies there. I want to give a big thanks to our partner. Big shout out to JB Sales. Partners like John and the team over at JB Sales make this magic every single day with us. And we have a special offer for you in the chat from John himself. You too can gain access as an individual member of JB Sales and get training personally from John Barrows himself on a consistent basis through the year. Let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today, effective ways to prep. We all need to be ready for those discovery calls when we get the chance to have them and when we schedule them. And then how to get to those core problems. I think this is a problem for a lot of sales reps. I talk too much. A lot of us talk too much. Get to the point, get to the problems so that you can talk about the pain. And then that, this is the part that I think is great. We said there would be five essential discovery questions for this. I think there's more like 10 to 15 different questions that y'all could get out of this. And Sarah has just a, a, a wealth of knowledge around this. So let's take a look at who's in the room. Boom. Hey, no shockers. The AEs are out in force. I think AEs and SDRs are like in competition for discovery. How much can each group get and who's really responsible for it? Uh, Sarah, let's talk about how you prep for discovery first, and then we'll talk about the anatomy of a discovery call. Yeah, let's do it. So um, I think... When you are walking into a discovery meeting, you don't want to come in with like no perspective or no point of view. And I think most most buyers' experience is they walk into a discovery call and the AE or SDR doesn't know anything about them. And they haven't done any research on their industry or on their company or on um, the challenges that they might be having. So... Uh, that's like where you start. You go, okay, why is this person taking a meeting? So the first question is just, is this an inbound or outbound conversation? Um, I think that's like really important to understand. If it's inbound, why are they coming to the meeting? Are they a past customer? Do they have uh, real problems that um, you might be able to address? 
um, and that you're aware of and you can do a little bit more research on? Or is it outbound? In which case, you should have a reason for why they, they should take the meeting and why they should continue to talk to you. So when you're prepping, you should do things like read a quarterly earnings report, what's going on in their business, or you should um, look at their 10K and see what are the risks to their success. Mm -hmm. Or you can just Google the company's name and look up company news or Google that person and see if they've done any interviews lately and what they talked about. Um, but basically, there's, you know, no one buys just to buy. There always has to be some kind of inciting incident. And that's not um, something that you can make happen as an account executive. That's something that is going on actively in a company. And then you need to have, um, you know, perspective on how to solve that. Yeah, and you bring up a good point, the why people buy. So let's go ahead and ask the audience and we'll get their opinions on why people buy. And I think for some of you guys, this might be different. Uh, so, you know, there's no there's no silver bullets. We say that all the time. I want to give an anatomy to a discovery call. And you you really put the pin here and started to talk about like the step-by-step -step process. And this is going to be full circle because the last two slides on this show, y'all, are like ninja moves from Sarah. So stay tuned because you'll want to see this like begin or end with the beginning in mind, I guess, might be the best way to say it. I don't know. Uh, but let's talk about this anatomy first. This is your like step-by-step -step structure of what a good discovery call might sound like. So talk to me about these steps. Yeah, I think you should have a call objective at the beginning of the call. Why are we all here today? Sometimes you walk into a conversation and your prospect has a radically different view of what you should be discussing. Maybe they want to be talking about pricing and you want to do discovery. Okay, great. Let's find a way to mediate that and be able to cover both those things and make sure we're reserving time for both those things. Right. Hey, James, I can't give you pricing yet because I don't know enough about your problem. I will make sure I go over high-level pricing with you at the end of the conversation. Can we spend a little bit of time talking about you know, ABC thing? Yeah. And then we can get into our pricing and, and I can give you a much better picture. Great. I, I like this. Here's my question. And I know that you probably have like a tone or even like a, a way to not feel this way. But every time I say something like that, I sort of feel like I'm hiding the ball from my prospect. And I always feel like they want to know the pricing too fast. You know, I gave them my Val prop and they're like, okay, cool. What's it cost me? And I'm like, oh, whoa, wait, wait, wait. How do we avoid this like uncomfortable situation? Well, I mean, it depends on what you're selling, but I like to be really upfront. I don't want to hide the pricing from my customer. <laughs> so um, I think like to, to me, the answer is um, I, I don't want to hide the ball from you, James. So I'm going to make sure I cover pricing. I definitely don't want to, you to walk away from this meeting feeling like I'm, I'm withholding information. Sure. However, in order for me to actually get you a realistic price point, can I ask you a couple questions so I can get a sense of the scope? And then from there, I'll go over our high-level pricing. It'll probably be arranged today, depending on how deep we go. Yeah. Um, but I promise as we continue the conversation, I'll be really transparent with you about how we price. I feel like I would accept that as, a, as an answer after asking for pricing too soon, especially if I'm somebody that's an experienced buyer. I know I'm going for the throat, right? Uh, it looks like 76% of our voters believe that solving a problem is the number one reason that people buy. And I think to a degree, I agree, right? I think solving a problem is probably one of the dominant reasons out there, even if there are many. Uh, finish out this flow here. Uh, I feel like we look at call objective, we look at all the things in between and we see next steps and we're like, okay, that makes sense. But there's got to be a how-to for all of this. And we'll unpack that as we go. Sure. So for me, like my call objective is something like, hey, James, I imagine you came to this meeting because our SDR reached out, but obviously there's some things going on in your business that probably resonated you when they did. 
And then I'll list those reasons. I'd like to unpack those with you today. And then um, if it helps, I can give you kind of a 6,000 foot overview of our perspective of how to solve those challenges. And then if it makes sense, we can move into a demo. At the end of the conversation, I'm hoping one of three things will happen. Um, number one, you will go, hey, this is not a fit for me. I'm not looking for a solution like this, in which case would you feel comfortable telling me so? Great, I get you to say yes or no. Two, you're really excited and um, we should get more people involved in the conversation because nobody buys in a vacuum or a silo. Or three, you'll probably have some questions and I imagine this is probably where you're full, in which case we can schedule another conversation in order to address any concerns that you have. Yeah. Do those three outcomes sound okay to you? I like the way those sound. And I feel like when you give people a choice, what do they do? They make one. <laughs> well, and that way, I think a lot of people have problems setting next steps or they try to set next steps over email. And that way you can go, hey, at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about three outcomes. Uh, what bucket are you falling into? No interest, super excited, or have questions. Okay, great. And then you can then you can brainstorm the process from there. Yeah, there. There's a, a move there that I think uh, we'll come back to at the end because setting that hook right at the front is such an important step. Yeah. So then the next thing that you want to do is you want to kind of, this is especially for like outbound conversations, is I typically try to offer some some kind of 6,000 foot overview of the landscape of whatever is going on in, you know, who you sell to. So for example, I worked at Gong. Gong sells to revenue leaders. There is a massive challenge happening in revenue right now because everybody is sitting around going, how do we sell more with less? And um, how do we do that in a remote environment? Everybody, almost everybody has the option to be remote in some capacity or hybrid, which means that chains of communication are continually broken. And so I want to explain like the world that we live in to my prospect and get them to sort of acknowledge that that exists. And then I can run a little discovery even in that conversation and then then introduce the solution of Gong as, hey, we solve that problem by capturing customer-facing conversations, using AI in order to surface trends that are happening at scale. So you actually know what's going on in your business and you can pivot faster. There's such a contextual basis for all these questions that you might ask and the way that you pivot from asking a question, receiving an answer, and then putting a solution in place is such an interesting uh, flow. And I think you do it so well. We we brought a great example of some triggers and signals. And I think during discovery, sometimes, you know, we do this great amount of research. We find all these wonderful things we're going to bring up. And then it kind of, you know, in the conversation organically, we drop the ball. We don't even use some of this stuff. Tell me how some of these triggers and signals that you've provided for us play a role in your discovery calls. Yeah. So if I'm going to come in with perspective, I'm not just going to talk about like the great world of sales because it might not resonate with that specific buyer. Different industries are thriving better or worse in this economy and different sales organizations operate differently than tech. So I might not be selling to a SaaS company that's experiencing, you know, the challenges that SaaS has experienced in the past two years. Let's, uh, let, let's ask the audience, what industry do you sell into? If it's multiple, fine, but like, what is the industry that you sell best into? I'd love to just get a quick glimpse at that in the chat. Uh, go ahead, Sarah, with these these triggers. Yeah. So um, in this world, I was imagining having a discovery call with Canva. And so I looked at um, some of the data from their LinkedIn. I saw that they've had massive growth um, over the past two years. They've increased their company size 169%. Um, their sales team has gone up 164% in the past year and 101% in the past six months. 
They have open um, roles for sales and customer success. And they're specifically looking at companies that they have acquired. So mm-hmm. Canva is interesting because it is a privately held company, but it is one of the top performing privately held companies. And they have acquired a bunch of different, um, I think, I think I don't know if I have it on a later slide or if we included it, but they acquired a ton of different businesses over the past one, two years, especially yeah. in Europe. So all of that makes me think, okay, how can I take this information and imagine myself myself in the sales in in the sales leaders situation, where he's got revenue numbers in front of him, he's got a bunch of green bodies in seat who don't know the Canva um, uh, value prop, they don't know how to speak to um, all the different things that can, can, Canva can solve for. So he's got to onboard all of them. He's got revenue numbers in front of him. So I'm just sort of like imagining that. And then on top of that, you're combining sales forces. So there's probably like not only the like sociocultural of combining different teams together, but also the challenge of like migrating all of the different softwares together. So I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, okay, I'm in this guy's shoes. What problems could I imagine result from that situation? And then can I solve for that with my product? And if I can, great, because all that creates pain for him. I think the answer to the previous question is that people buy to avoid pain. You can have lots of problems, but like, listen, there are so many problems with my house, but I just ignore them because they're not causing me enough pain to buy a solution, right? Like I've needed new tennis shoes for like three years, but the shoes that I have are fine. They're dirty, they're nasty, they're falling apart, but they work fine. And no one has come up to me and said, invest $100 in these sneakers. And uh, it's convinced me. But when my shoes start hurting my feet, you bet your bottom dollar, just like Annie, that I'm going to go buy a new pair of shoes. <laughs> the pain is what causes us to take action. And I think that's what you're getting at right there. Um, I want to pivot to something that I think a lot of folks are probably even subconsciously thinking about, if not directly thinking about. Put a one in the chat. If when it's time to talk about money and your discovery, you get a little bit nervous, you get those butterflies like, here we go. I'm going to hit that sensitive subject here and I'm not sure how it's going to go. I always feel like there's a transition moment where I feel like it's natural and for me to talk about budget and you know how much they were allocated to be able to solve for this problem and whether or not it fits what my pricing is. That's an uncomfortable situation for me sometimes. But you have some really interesting ways, some really good questions to ask about what it is financially and how to get to that money sooner in the conversation. Break some of those questions down for our audience so they can start using them. Yeah. So I think um, I, I learned a lot of these from uh, my time at Gong. Um, but we did like a lot of back of the napkin math to try to like understand how big of a problem something was. So, so I think, so again, like you're trying to figure out what not, not just a problem, but the problem, Yeah. what is the number one thorn in this person's side? And so, um, before you even get to numbers, you want them, you want to say, Hey, okay, you've told me about a lot of different priorities that you have, or a lot of different challenges in your organization. How long have those been going on? So we want to quantify time. Um, like how dedicated are you to solving them? How much money do you think they're costing the organization? Um, like if you can start to quantify how big of an impact this has on the success of a business, and I wouldn't just focus on time because time is an easy one. Um, you want to go a level deeper. It's like how much, okay, you're wasting X amount of hours of time. Okay, well, what would you do with that time? How much time is that worth? How much do you pay pre- people per hour? Yeah, that's the so, one. Especially, I think at like a manufacturing. I noticed when I asked verticals, like a lot of people were putting manufacturing. When you start talking about time 
And then you start attaching values to that time of other people, not just them, but other people, you're really hitting the cost. And isn't that isn't that part of the budgeting conversation, Sarah? Yeah, exactly. Because if someone if someone has like if I'm thinking of manufacturing, if they have taken all of their manufacturing business off seas, offshores, then it the time might not be a big deal for them because they they're paying pennies on the hour. Right. Right. In in their opinion. So we've got to figure out, okay, that how big is it and is it enough to justify an an investment? Sure. And so like I think about when I when I think about gong, I think how can I solve the problem within the solution? How can I visually solve it? And then how big of a what are the different types of problems going on within an organization? Usually sales when I'm selling gong, but what what are the different types of problems and how do they manifest in terms of lost revenue? Mm. So you can ask things like how much money are you leaving on the table? If you could solve for X, how much more do you think you'd gain? Do you feel confident in that number? Like doing a little bit of like that movement between uh, t- trying to quantify. And if they don't, and if they don't have an answer, I always say something like, okay, well, you know, help me understand here. Is this like a $10,000 problem or is this a $10 million problem? Yeah. And if they say it's closer to the 10 million than the 10,000, then I think you're, you're closer to hitting the nail on the head in terms of quantifying impact. I, but that's, I, I also that's think you're also closer to uncovering that sense of urgency that you're looking to find with this person. If it's a $10,000 problem, I might not be, depending on my financial situation and the company I work for and their finances, $10,000 problem might not be as urgent as a $10 million problem. If you can get them to make that distinction alone, there's a sense of urgency attached to that, right? Yeah. T- to me, I also think it's like, what what are the questions that you need answered in order to put together a business case? And um, if you're trying to brainstorm discovery questions, go back and look at close one opportunities that other people have worked in your business and look at the business cases they put together and then f- and then back back plan the questions that they ask to get to those numbers. Because I don't think that there's like any silver bullet for you have to ask this one question exactly this way and that's going to get you all that's going to like make or break your discovery call. Right. That's no, you just need to ask questions and get to answers that you need to put together a business case. (laughs) (laughs) The business case is a part that I think people struggle with. And I think you got to get more specific when you start talking about business cases. So you gave some really specific use case questions that I think people could probably start leveraging right at, right now. Change them as you see fit to match your value proposition. But talk to me about these three questions when you're talking about getting specific. Yeah, so um, uh, when when I'm coming in and I'm coming in with a perspective, hey, I you know I, after I did some research on Canva, I noticed that you guys have a ton of different companies that you've recently acquired. I imagine that's creating challenges both in terms of meshing culture, but also having current reps learn new products as well as new reps learning the the Canva way of selling. Um, I also know that you guys um, are expanding globally. So I imagine making sure that everyone's on the same page is is important to you. Um, I'm curious, like, am I I hitting the nail on the head or what am I missing here? Okay. Then they can say, yeah, all of those are problems. Great. How... Are they are those the only problems that you're having, or you know, if if I did a better job reading between the lines, what else would be going on in the organization? Okay, great, we've expanded. They tell me all the other things that are issues. Oh, we just rolled out um, a new Canvas specific way of selling, so you know, we actually have a whole sales methodology that we're trying to get people to adopt. Oh, okay, 
Why did you decide to do that? Well, we decided to do that because we had radically different win rates across our team and, and our customer experience was all over the place. Our NPS score was totally wild. Okay, how much money, like, do you think that was like challenging for the business in terms of trying to grow your enterprise uh, sales organization? Like, right, we're just kind of pain funneling into that. Okay, how much money do you think you were leaving on the table? How many deals do you think you lost because of bad discovery or because you weren't following this process? Oh, I think we probably left, you know, 10% of the deals that we were working we could have closed if we had changed the process. Wow, 10%. And like, if you looked at, looked at that against your revenue, how much would that be worth? Oh, it would be worth, you know, 500 million in additional revenue. Oh, wow, that's huge. Okay. Well, then you, you know, move into that a little bit more. So it's just like quantifying as much as possible. And, you know, how big of an issue is this for you? How big of an issue is for the other teams? How long have you been trying to solve it? What are the other uh, softwares that you're looking at? Okay, great. You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, you do. I understand what you're saying. I feel, I feel like the flow that you're sharing here, the one that we all need to wrap our minds around, is get specific with the questions you're asking in the use case, and that way you are able. It gives you the door to quantify all the different things that you can quantify on a discovery call. And once you attach those values, that following step. This is probably the the more important step. And this, when you said, when you said this to Leslie, it perked my ears up, right? He was like, I want to go wider at this point. They've given me the specifics. That's your flow. Uh, they've they've definitely given me some numbers to work with. We've quantified several things that I can do. And now I need to do something to, one, pull in other stakeholders, but two, widen the scope, show them the dramatic impact this is having on their business. So talk to me about force ranking these priorities and the things that you've gathered now that you have specifics and quantification. Yeah, so this this helps me with my demo, and this helps me as I continue to build a business case and run discovery with other people, but I just ask them to stack rank it. So what's the number one thing that you have to solve for? Can you stack rank that for me? Okay, great. You know, you can ask it a bunch of different ways. If I tap your CEO on the shoulder, is that the biggest challenge, you know, for the business? I, you know, that's a that's like a very direct question. So you got to say that with a smile and be real cute about it. Or, you know, you could say, you know, I know that I don't know. I know that, you know, there's probably eight other people that are making this decision. Um, do they all have a similar perspective on how to solve this challenge? What else would they say? What other issues should we add? Do you think they'd stack rank it differently? Okay. And then, you know, multi-thread those people and get them to do it themselves because don't just trust the one person to know exactly what their teammates are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-threading your discovery has got to be one of the most underrated things that we do as salespeople. You can get so much diverse information from multiple stakeholders in a conversation and then pull it all together when the time is right and it's time to get those people on the same page. Right, Sarah? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you one time I, I got on a one time. So I'd been, I'd been given a, a deal that had been worked a little bit by a different account executive and then there was a book shuffle. So I had a couple discovery calls that the previous AE had had with one person and they got back in touch. And so, you know, I picked up the conversation from there and I only got to talk to that person one other time to try to get a little bit more information. But one person giving me all the information about the business and I put together a deck based off of the problems that he deemed were the biggest for the organization. And then he brought me in and had me present to the CEO and a bunch of other people at the company. Mm. He didn't tell me those people were coming, which was a surprise. And um, they, the way that he like forwarded the email invite, so I never saw that they were going to be there. Anyway, I got on the call and I pulled up my slides and the CEO said, 
who prepped you for this meeting? This is all wrong. And I was like, uh, and then the, and then the CEO just completely derailed the conversation. Everybody else, I mean, I'm sure they checked emails, but like probably were stopped checking emails to yeah. him chew me out. Right. But it was just such a like um, a clear emphasis on, hey, you really have to multi-thread and you can't just trust one person to give you all the deets about what's happening in a business. It's a mm-hmm. losing it's a losing strategy to silo your communication into one bucket and expect to close with multiple stakeholders. I definitely support that. Uh, okay, this is that moment, y'all, where I give you a ninja move, and I think I picked this out because I think this is like such a great flow, and Sarah does this so well. So there's a, a hook that you said. You gave it away at the beginning of this show, but I want you to, to restate it. There's a hook that you set at the beginning of a call, a discovery call specifically, where you're like, these calls typically go one of- One of three ways. That's right. And then at the end of the call, you circle back and this is what you say. How do people typically respond for you when you throw this at them at the end of the call and bring it back full circle? Well, if it's not a fit, we've probably disqualified ourselves way earlier. Sure. And and that's great. Like you should disqualify because you really don't want to waste your time. We'll make it to this point, right? Yeah. Or you can say, hey, you know, doesn't sound like you have a lot of problems. I don't know if it's, you know, maybe I should give you 20 minutes back into your day because clearly you don't have the pains that we solve for. So we should, and then maybe they'll go, whoa, 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 whoa. No, there really is something. And like, help me understand. I'm confused. <laughs> Usually like, oh, nice. like that. Yeah. Um, but usually they either are super excited and they want to get other people involved, in which case I explain, I educate them on the buying process as early as possible mm. because, um, so I set aside like 10 minutes for next steps instead of like three, which I think most account exe- executives will set aside three because you can always you can always do more of your demo later. But if we have, you know, 10 minutes and they say, yeah, I'm really excited. I want to get other people involved. Okay. Who else do who else needs to get involved? When was the last time you bought software? Did a software evaluation? Typically, when I run deals, these are the types of people who are involved. If I'm smart, I've already looked them up on LinkedIn, and I can say you'll probably need a a person, b person, and c p person because they have these rules and they're usually involved in an evaluation. Is there anyone else you can think of? Let me like brief you on, you know, how we typically run a sales cycle. We'll go into a proof of concept that lasts X amount of weeks. You know, here's what our pricing look is. Whatever I need to do to kind of brief them on like what the flow of the process will look like from here. Right. And then you can drop that all into something like aligned or any kind of like deal sharing so that they have a really clear picture of like what a mutual success plan or what a mutual action plan looks like. Right. If they say, actually, I've got some questions. Great. Since we have 10 minutes, can you walk me through your biggest concerns? Mm. And then we can set another call and discuss those in more detail. Well, I'm concerned about how you compare to X competitor. Well, your pricing seems a little funky to me. Well, you know, whatever it is. Okay, great. Then you can roll out a couple talk tracks that kind of assuage some of those concerns and say, but let's dive into this deeper on our next conversation. And then you can go in on your next call. You prep everything. You can, this is a great time to multi-thread internally at your own company. They're concerned about, you know, you know how you compare within to a certain competitor if you have someone from your company who worked at that competitor bring them into the conversation or if you have an expert in that if they're concerned about building a business case go grab value engineering you can always grab more people 
you know, always grab a sales engineer if they're concerned about how is this going to integrate. I'm just, I don't know. I really want to make sure it meshes well with our systems. Well, you know, I'm just an account executive. I don't understand how APIs work. <laughs> just an account executive is a sentiment that I probably will never support. We are all on that front line and we are representing the value that we bring to our prospects, no matter what your role is. I always say CEOs are also SDRs. If you are not doing this on a daily basis, what are you doing to help the business grow and expand, right? Yeah, I know, but a CEO is just a CEO. Like they're not head of HR. They're like everybody. They probably tell people that, right? I'm yeah. just the CEO. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the CEO. I don't, I don't touch that part. Like I'm the account executive. I don't touch. I don't know how the APIs work. I can speak to them very high level. Let me bring an expert in. I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting to the fact that you don't know everything, and I think your buyer will respect you more for it. I love your sentiment. The way that you go about these discovery calls is classic and definitely uh, something that we should all take in, in mind, right? We can do this. This is not something that is difficult to execute on. It just takes a practice, a flow, a set of steps, just like I have here on the screen that we have from Sarah. Sarah, I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today, coming out and educating and entertaining our audience. Y'all let us know in the chat if this was useful for you. Let us know in the chat uh, you're going to get a survey after this to tell us all the things that we did well and the stuff that definitely we want to hear from you. What can we do more of? What do you want to hear about? Uh, I'm going to give you guys a quick social cue here. Follow us on social. Uh, we are available to you. We are human beings that want to help you thrive in the sales role that you have. Sellbetter.xyz is our website. Connect with me personally at Say What Sales on just about every platform that's out there. And once again, we're going to drop Sarah's LinkedIn in the chat. You need to go follow Sarah and learn from her. She is an expert when it comes to gaining credibility through great discovery practices with her prospects. Thanks a lot for spending your time with us. We will see you guys next time on another stellar episode of Sell Better. Have a great day, everybody. Go get them.